0: Hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. I'm Amy Souter, an editor with the Packer and Produce Market Guide, PMG for short, two trade publications in the fresh produce industry. Thanks so much for joining us. Today, I chat with Ashley Trenier, founder and CEO of Farmbox Direct in 2014, the first truly national fresh produce grocery delivery service. And then two years ago, Farmbox RX, we discussed how the USDA approved Farmbox RX and Farmbox Direct to accept online payments from SNAP EBT cards, the modern day food stamps, but more nutrition focused called the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program. And as the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services started allowing it, more and more health insurance plans are including a food benefit enabling people to use that to purchase fresh produce at places like Farmbox RX, which delivers everywhere FedEx goes nationwide. Trunier sees this big step becoming a trend industry-wide for both the healthcare insurance and produce retail industries, because people are realizing and studies are proving that yes, food is indeed medicine, especially fresh produce. Let's hear from Trunier herself. Thank you so much for having me. So what drew us to, to talking with you today was the the big news that you're um, having to do with being able to accept EBT snap payments uh, for online orders. But um, before we get to that, could you just tell me a little bit about the company and, and how, how it works?
1: Sure. So I launched Farmbox Direct about eight years ago, and two years ago, starting in January of 2020, we created a healthcare initiative, Farmbox RX. And that was when um, CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid, uh, changed policy allowing Medicare Advantage and Medicaid plans to offer food um, as a benefit. And so during that time, Um, We have worked to really morph um, more so into a total wellness solution, um, a healthcare, like a health tech company, if you will, um, where we partner with health plans to provide their membership that face different conditions. So maybe it's a chronic condition of diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease. Maybe they face an SDOH, a social determinant of health. Um, Health equity is huge to us as well. Um, and really just trying to get food to health plan members to change their outcomes Uh, members who lack access to fresh fruits and vegetables uh, but also giving them education along their journey so we have an entire content development team and in-house clinicians that curate content that changes every single week into the farm box that is around their chronic condition Um, so think you know diabetic um, information of how to take control of your type two diabetes. If you're a pregnant at risk mom, how to take control of your condition so that your child doesn't grow up with the same outcomes. Uh, So we like to say now we're a total wellness solution within healthcare for chronic populations and food insecure populations.
0: When, so about two years ago, this is when this initiative changed for Medicare and Medicaid?
1: That's right, CMS changed policy to the part C um, for MA plans, Medicare Advantage, where you could offer food as a benefit to your membership.
0: So how would that work? Say, you know, I'm an older person who's retired living on Social Security only and Medicare is is my way of getting health care um, and my particular policy has this in it. Like, What does that look like?
1: Yep. So it's the same concept. Um, you know, it's really the same concept. If you find out you're type two diabetic, you go to your doctor, you entrust that your doctor is going to take care of you. Your doctor writes you a script for insulin. You head off to CVS. You just assume that your health insurance plan is going to cover that insulin. You don't question it. You just assume as you go pay at CVS, blue cross blue shield will cover it. Um, same concept around food. So you know we have a fifty-three billion dollar annual spend around diet chronic related disease within healthcare. So we cannot continue to keep climbing, and that's what we are doing is we are climbing on healthcare dollars that are around poor diet. So health plans have said we need to be able to offer food as medicine, if you will, to our membership to change these outcomes. Because if you don't change the outcome, more and more outcomes topple on each other over time.
0: So they can use their health insurance to get fresh produce from Farmbox RX.
1: That's right. Their health insurance is the payer for the food.
0: That's exciting. That is very exciting. Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> it is exciting. And it's uh. it's funny. I, I, I joke that it's such a simple thing, but the solution was not so simple, right? So it is very simple, but how we do this in healthcare and the logistics around getting the food to the member is not so simple.
0: The EBT SNAP payments, tell me about that news. So with, you know,
1: I I like to say that the one positive thing that has come out of COVID is it really has highlighted how food insecure our senior population is. So as I started to work in healthcare, I um, was, you know, I, I was already alarmed because my career has always been food policy and working to um, eradicate the food desert problem America faces. But when I came over to healthcare, I didn't realize just how food insecure our senior population is. A senior might live across the street from a grocery store. But that journey of getting across the street, getting their food shopped, checked out, walk back home, it's too far of a journey for them. If you topple on low income as well, um, then, you know, the the problem is even more magnified, right? So COVID has actually highlighted how food insecure the senior population is. If you look at Whole Foods, Walmart, Target, you know, stop and shop, they all were giving senior hours where the seniors could come in, they could take their time to shop before anybody else could come in. So it pushed further down the chain to the USDA to really wake up and say, we need states to be able to take SNAP EBT online um, because we've got to get food to people. Because if we can't feed them, they're going to come into our hospitals. They're going to overcrowd our hospitals. Our our you know, the hospitals, they weren't even hospitals anymore. They were just COVID wards for a year, right? So being able to accept SNAP EBT online is a huge. Milestone in tackling, you know, food deserts or food insecurity. And what we're doing at FarmBox Rx, you know, we allow plans will say we have OTC dollars, so over-the-counter benefit dollars. So most um, Medicare Advantage plans offer some type of over-the-counter dollar that you're able to spend monthly. So some plans give a hundred dollars, if you will, a month. And they're saying now, you know, typically you've been able to go to a CVS or Rite Aid and you can purchase, um, you know, Advil, you know, adult diapers, blood pressure socks or uh, diabetic socks, blood pressure cuffs. Um, and so now the plan is saying, well, we're just going to let the member decide. We're going to allow them to also buy food. So we've partnered with um, OTC processing companies like Incom, for example, to be their vendor for produce and pantry goods. Um, And so being able to also supplement those SNAP-EBT dollars is huge because the the dual population, the Medicare Medicaid member, typically live off of $1,000 a month, right? And that $1,000 is for everything. So if they get $100 in OTC dollars from their health plan, and then they've got $200 a month from, you know, the the USDA for SNAP-EBT, That extra money is is, is a huge amount of money to them that they can now spend on food. And so that's where it becomes very, very exciting, us being able to take SNAP-EBT online as a form of payment because we can now get, you know, we we have a way to already get food to rural members who are food insecure, but also we um, have a way for them to pay for the food. Right. So you've got to have accessibility, but they've also got to have funds to pay for the, the, the food coming
0: directly to their door. That's part of accessibility, right? If it's not just the physical a- access, but the financial access.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, so this uh, the, so the USDA approved this. Um, I, I had, heard or read that this was the first, um, on, yeah. Can you tell me this, the landmark nature? of Yeah, sure.
1: Um, so Amazon and Walmart have been working to, they've been taking food stamps online as a form of payment for a few years, I think three or four years now. However, they don't deliver fresh food everywhere. Right. So you could get, you know, like Pop-Tarts, beans, rice, things like that delivered from Walmart or Amazon to your door. But fresh produce, they do not deliver everywhere. So we deliver everywhere FedEx goes. Um, And so, you know, being that we are are the only national grocery that delivers fresh produce nationally already… Um, and being that we have that wide footprint of going everywhere FedEx goes, it's truly the way to tackle the food desert and food insecurity issue at its core.
0: And what is your motivation? I had read uh, a tweet from you that that um, there's personal motivation for why you do what you do. Uh, can you yeah. talk about that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, when I was um, pregnant with my now 10-year-old daughter, so 11 years ago, I um, was a single mom on food stamps and pregnant, and I lived in a food desert. And so trying to eat healthy, um, you know, pregnant is hard enough, right? Pregnant and on food stamp budget of $264 a month is even, you know, that's another challenge. But then combining that with living in a food desert, it's almost near impossible. Um, and so my biggest initiative has always been to be able to accept food stamps online as a form of payment to give those who are, live in rural food deserts and who are food insecure a fighting chance. You know, there's a very common misconception that just because you're low income, you don't want to eat healthy. And it's like, no, they're not eating healthy because they don't have accessibility or they don't have the funds to pay for healthy food. Right. I mean, it's completely asinine to think, you know, just because you're poor, you don't want to be healthy. Um, There's also an educational aspect, right? So, you know, we we get calls into our member services team all the time that that says, um, you know, there's like a brown hairy thing in my box. I don't know what it is. And it's like, well, that's a kiwi. And it's because people, you know, they've they've lived in a food desert. They've grown up without kiwis. They have no idea. So, you know, we like to say that the food is, is a vehicle for us. You know, we are a grocery experience at some level. So the food is a vehicle for us, but it's really to get the education and the content that we develop in front of the plan member to make little changes to take a hold of their condition over a long period of time. That must feel good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, coming from food stamps, pregnant, you know, statistically, like I shouldn't be sitting where I'm sitting, right? Statistically, I should still be on food stamps, and um, you know, living in a food desert, and you know, being the the voice for those who live in a food desert and are low income that are wanting to use their SNAP dollars for healthy food, you know, being their voice for the past eight years is is truly one of my biggest honors of my my life. <laughs>
0: Um, how will this new pilot pro it's in the pilot stage right now, the, the EBT snap portion. Yep. Um, Um, I believe there's all
1: but three States. I think it's just three left that haven't come online. So it's, you know, it's most of the country we are able to deliver to, um, through the USDA pilot. I don't know how long it will be in pilot. If they're going to just call it a pilot forever, (laughs) maybe, um, I think they are learning, you know, as they go, uh, because it went so rapidly, it grew so rapidly, bringing on more states to come online during COVID, right? There was only I believe, when it first launched, I believe there was like seven or 13 states online at that
0: time. Has it changed how your produce boxes are created and distributed at all?
1: No, so we still work with Liberty Fruit in Kansas City, Kansas. I joke that um, I'm more married to Liberty Fruit than I am my my real husband, my my like day, you know. Liberty Fruit is my day husband, my you know evening weekend husband. I'm more <laughs> married to Liberty um, because you know they run all of our operations, and we have other DCs than just Liberty, but they manage that entire relationship you know, that they do everything of all of our fulfillment. I mean, they're one of the best in the industry, right? They know produce, they know logistics, they know operations. So us marrying up, if you will, and partnering with Liberty in a much bigger way over the last few years Um it, it it has changed. COVID did change our logistics in the fact that we used to just ship out of Kansas City from their hub in Kansas City. But now we have Kansas City, we have Sacramento, we have um, New Jersey, um, and we're opening by Q2 of next year in Florida and Texas, uh, really to just keep up with COVID delays with FedEx and UPS. Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere. It will probably take them four to six years to catch up to the growth that they had. Um, and so we're opening more facilities to be closer to the end user to combat FedEx
0: delays. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. That That's definitely the main news lately. Um, yes,
1: you need to order
0: gifts for the holidays.
1: I've been seeing on TV <laughs> like in yeah.
0: September. Yeah. Or more importantly... F- food.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Food as well. Yes. Yeah, people should be growing their own food at this point. Um, but yes, it is around that too, because like the trucking, right. The, the trucking yeah. industry, um, cause food has to get trucked. It's not like we fly it, right. We don't fly it from the grower to New Jersey. Um, so, you, you know, there, there is a lot of, um, benefit of us having more hubs closer to growers as well. Like Sacramento is a prime example, right? It's like it comes out of the ground within a couple of days. It's at our facility in Sacramento.
0: Okay. So that might answer one of my other questions, which is how will you grow at the right pace given the scope of opportunity for this? Yeah. So
1: we've went from three health plans to 51 health plans in just 10 short months. So, yeah, so we've got rapid, rapid growth. Um, We're getting ready to close our Series A round right now in the next month. Um, And so we do have rapid growth, but we have been preparing for this growth for the last year. Um, And, you know, Liberty Fruit and I joke around a lot that uh, um, we didn't have any preparation for March 13th of 2020, where we grew by 2200% overnight. And, you know, we, we never stopped taking orders and we just took people that would have been laid off from their facility, right. When they, they supply to, you know, restaurants, schools, things like that, that closed down and put them packing farm boxes. Um, but we've been preparing for this for a long time. And uh, I actually, I, I had one VC recently ask me, you know, are you worried about Operations And if there's anything that I'm worried about at the end of the day, that's the that, that that's the lowest is my
0: scalability. Um, what do you think the USDA is looking for with this? Well, look, I mean, the Center for Medicare
1: and Medicaid is also a government agency, as is the USDA. Right. So if we are looking to change spend. Um, around chronic conditions with CMS, right? Because it's really it's taxpayers that have to pay for this at the end of the day. Right. So uh, if if we can take more government funds for these individuals who are already on government support, um, I think it's a win-win, right? In trying to lower healthcare costs and claims dollars for these individuals. Because once you really get into the nitty gritty of, you know, um, clinical on an individual, like let's say that, Let's say that if we take the Geisinger study that was around offering um, uh, uh, fruits and vegetables, lean proteins, as well as whole grains to their, their, their in, in, in their clinical study, there was 97 members, or sorry, 95 members, 37 of them were on the Geisinger health plan. So they were able to see claims dollars. They saw after eighteen months, $192,000 average of savings per member after they paid the $2,400 it cost them in food a month. Right, so that $192,000 of annual savings, like that's just the the tip of the iceberg. Maybe because now you know you've saved almost two hundred grand a year on claims dollars, but you're not taking into account you know ten years from now, maybe this diabetic individual maybe would have needed an amputation, maybe we've avoided a stroke, maybe we've avoided a knee replacement. Different things, right? Of health dollars on a, a large on a large level over
0: a model population's lifetime. Mm, yeah, um, and we hear a lot that fresh produce is one of the last sections of the grocery store that, that people want to order online it might be anecdotal but a lot of times we just hear people saying they want to you know pick it up and look at it and, and pick it themselves mm-hmm. um, how how do you win the trust of customers that that you can deliver a quality box of such a you know delicate, section of food. Yes. fresh. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, so we like to say we're a premium experience, right? So there are other um, companies, they don't deliver nationally, but they work maybe in the food waste movement of, you know, food that would go into the right. trash. Maybe it's bruised, maybe it's funny looking. Um, and so definitely I know for the 65 plus population on Medicare, like you cannot send them that food, right? Like my daughter is 10 and she would eat something funny looking, or if it had a bruise on it, she would cut it off. She's all for that. The 65 plus population is not. And especially when you look at as medicine, right? A premium experience is what you want to see. You don't want to go to CVS and your bottle of insulin is cracked open, right? (laughs) You're not going to use it. So the same concept of food, of um you know it's got to be a premium experience because you're putting this in front of individuals saying you need this as medicine if you will to cure yourself and to help your you know chronic conditions that are diet related um so yes there are people are very picky about you know well i wouldn't have picked this apple i would have picked this color grapes um and I think it really just it comes down to the the member trusting where it's coming from, right? You know, we've always been a premium experience. I mean, I've had people like call in before that want to refund for like 16 blueberries were not of right hardness, you know, like there's, you always get some some funny things that come through the door. Counted um, wow. <laughs> yes, yes, and our member services team. Desor- deserves lots of awards for patients. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think it's really delivering a premium product. And, you know, the, the first box is always very important, right? Uh-huh. Um, because that first box is our voice to them. Um, as is our member services team, you know, we hire individuals that are really, really patient as well. You know, 65 plus population, most of our orders will actually come from over the phone rather than our online site because they want to talk to somebody they want, you know, they want to be able to trust the person on the other side of the phone rather than just a computer.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I've heard that sometimes you can get one, maybe two chances, you know, so if your first box is good, they'll trust you from then on mostly. Right. Right. Um, So that first box is the most important. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What do you see for, for this in the next couple of years?
1: Yeah. Well, I have very aggressive growth patterns <laughs> so far over the last 10 months. We've grown, you know, very, very quickly, very rapidly in healthcare. Um, you know, we have first mover advantage in this space in healthcare um, and we've really created a new market. So, you know, now what we're really focused on is growing out our product line and, um, so well, we have, as of January 1st, we have dry goods available. Um, we have lean proteins that will come online as well. Um, and, you know, really continuing that member experience, we just hired in someone who has, you know, 30 years of experience from the produce uh, world And, you know, his sole job is really coming up with new boxes, right? Like what can we do of like a theme to try to, you know, get people excited about eating healthy and really taking control of their condition. Um, we have a total wellness platform now within healthcare. So, um, we, 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 we have education that goes out to the members. We have nutritionists that will counsel members. We also have, um, you know, we're looking at a very large partnership with um, a national company on a supplement side so we can start offering supplements as well. Um, So a great example would be, you know, if you have osteoarthritis, you can get your, you know, your uh, calcium supplement. You can also get a box around that, right? Um, So eating like leafy greens, things like that, that you need for, you know, good calcium in your body through your food. Um, so the next couple of years, you know, I think that um, we will continue to dominate the space. And um, you know, I told my sales team
0: I want to see 200 plans this time next year. So, do you, what do you expect to happen in the retail? I mean, someone if you're the first to do this, that means there's going to be a second and a third, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, um, interesting enough, uh, you know, we've created a partnership with. Um, a large uh, frozen meal provider. And so we're actually getting ready to announce that in the next couple of weeks, who that is. So we'll have um, food, you know, frozen meals as well. Um, But uh, by the time somebody catches up to us coming in to the market that, you know, we already dominate, you know, by the time they can even spell healthcare, we've really taken a chunk of that market, which we already have. And so, Um, You have to be able to deliver nationally, too, is another issue, right? That is really kind of created a moat around us. Um, So example is if you live in Massachusetts and you're a Massachusetts health plan member, but you go down to Florida for the winter, uh, you still need to be able to have your produce box, your, you know, your food boxes shipped to you down in Florida um, because you still legally need the benefit. So that's been a a huge piece for us as well. Um, um, Snowbirds. Exactly. For members who move around a lot. And by the way, in COVID, you know, a lot of people have moved around a lot. A lot of people will go, you know, spend time at their winter home during the summer because maybe their city has been locked down, right? Like I live in Boston and it's still, you know, more locked down than, you know, where my house is on Cape Cod, right? Right. How do you think this is going to shape
0: the, the, produce retail industry going forward?
1: Um, So, you know, on a healthcare level, you still are always going to have, even if um, a retail location uh, wanted to do a food as medicine, if you will, you still have the problem of those who are food insecure getting that food to them, right? And so um, I was recently asked, and I thought it was a brilliant question by a, a VC, that's coming in on our round of funding. He said, do you think that eventually like all health plans are just going to have to have grocery stores? And is like, well, I hope so. Right. <laughs> like, I hope so. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I do think that the market is going there, right. There is a, there is a, a big push now to offer other benefits outside of prescriptions or medications. A great example is a pop-up house. You know, Papa Pals is growing quite rapidly in the space for SDOH for social determinants of health needs of our senior population, of keeping them not lonely. And we realized in COVID how lonely our senior population is. And when you're lonely, there's so many other health elements that are are connected to being yes. lonely, right? Yeah. And so like. There's that, but for food, right? There's so many, you know, aspects of, you know, if I have a poor diet, then I'm going to be sick here, 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 and here in my life, right? So there is a very big push with CMS, um, this is for Medicare, Medicaid, to come up with other, you know, health health solutions outside of medication and things that really have maybe been overlooked over, you know, the last, you know. 10, 20 years that, you know, are causing other problems with people that cause other problems over time.
0: So it's becoming more and more mainstream, the holistic view of health. Um, That's right. Food would be the first most widely accepted one.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, CMS did a survey in January of 2020. So again, this is before COVID is what COVID became in January of 2020. Um, and they asked over 750,000 members of, on CMS, they, they surveyed them and said, what is your primary concern? And 67% said food. That's on top of transportation, housing, and, and even safety. So, you know, 60, 67% of 750,000 Medicare Medicaid members surveyed said that their biggest concern is food. And so it leads to so many other problems. Like even if we don't even take diet-related disease as part of the equation, people will pick food over paying for their medication. So then you get into the problem of, you know, health equity, right? Around uh, people not taking their medication because they're food insecure and, and they need to eat. So they buy food
0: instead of paying for their medication. These are tough decisions to have to make. Yeah. Hey, everyone that wraps it up for us today. What exciting news and facts Trenir has up her sleeve. We look forward to seeing how this all unfolds in the coming years, and we will share it with you, of course. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to hit that subscribe button, rate us, and type out a quick review on whatever platform you use to listen to Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Whether it's Google Play, Audible, Apple, or others, it really helps us out. And for those who don't know, we call it tip of the iceberg because this podcast highlights some of coolest features and news that we hear about industry-wide trends, focusing more on the produce retail industry, everything that comes before and after it. We have so much more content on thepacker.com and producemarketguide.com. But you can also find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it. So um, we look forward to reaching out to you in those ways and for you getting all the great industry coverage in all the ways that you like to consume it. We would like you to enjoy our earlier episodes too. In our last two, we talked to Rabobank fruit, vegetable and nut analyst, Al Muhanad Melhim on his data and predictions for organic produce post-pandemic. And then earlier before that, we talked to Paul Lightfoot of Bright Farms and the CEA Food Safety Coalition about his negative foods mission of going beyond carbon neutral and sustainability. And we'll have more of these great conversations from the industry each week. Thank you so much for your support.